the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is the executive director of the award-winning organization, The Black Child Agenda, Cheryl Phoenix. Greetings, Cheryl. Welcome to my podcast series. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good. And what have you been up to recently? Well, funny enough, I went down to the protest on Sunday and I spent a lot of my time reading legal paperwork and documents for court cases in the work I do. Okay. And also getting acquainted with Netflix. I'm not going to joke. I have been getting better acquainted with Netflix and how to work it. So, yes. So what have you watched recently on Netflix that you enjoyed? How to Get Away with Murder via Viola Davis as a producer. Done Castle and Castle, which is a Nigerian series. Very, very good. Well put together, well planned out, good budgets. And how did you find the Black Lives Matter march? Now, I went down for sheer curiosity just to see what the energy and everything else was like. What are people saying? What what are they doing? And I found the numbers to be huge. Uh, You know, it was like Notting Hill Carnival. And then... On top of that, for me personally, there was no actual direction because for me, it's one thing marching, but unless you're actually actively seeking change, collectively seeking the change in the systematic construct that we live under, i.e. the UK, then it is just what they expect, which is just a march. People coming out, you're angry today, within three weeks, it'll all be forgotten about. Um, And that's just my only concern with marches, but hopefully there'll be things that move on from this that will actually be more productive for us particularly as a community well it is it's black lives so for us as a people and community hopefully it can bring about some sort of change and here's hoping i'm not holding my breath but you know they come change comes in many many ways and forms and where was the march that you attended that one we started out at the american embassy walked down to parliament square which is a long walk and then from the Parliament Square over to Whitehall to Downing Street and then up to Trafalgar Square. You began an organisation called the Black Child Agenda. Who or what inspired you to begin your organisation? Well, it was inspired by what I faced as a parent myself and what I saw happening to my sons within the UK education system and their peer groups, all black boys, being locked in isolation, excluded, fixed term excluded from minor infractions that um, white and Asian children were just told to get a detention for, permanent exclusions of particularly black boys, isolation of black children within the school structure, i.e. an isolation for those parents that don't know is what they call in some schools the reflection room, um, where children can be in those rooms for days on end with no access to real education, sometimes no food, which is what happened to my son, and we're just I just literally left there as a way of what they call some sort of discipline. So with that, uh, my sons were never actually permanently, well, one of my sons wasn't permanently excluded. But what I did find around and locally and nationally that there's a lot of young black males between the ages of, say, year seven, which is 11, up to 15, who should have been at that time before the education system extended the age of education, who were not in school but were not excluded. So myself and a Guardian reporter... 18 months worked on a report and an article tracking and looking at what was going on amongst black children within the education system 
failings and exclusions and those with SEM. So that was the inspiration behind it. And I haven't looked back. So how long has your organisation been going? When did you start it? I started back in 2011, between 11 and 13, unofficially. So it was just me answering millions of calls based on a few um, articles that were put out in the mainstream press. And then I officially registered myself only about two years ago, to be fair, because, you know, it grew so fast, so quickly. I needed to have, you know, something as an establishment rather than just an individual. So, yeah, I've been going for a long time um, representing parents and young people through the courts, via schools, etc., etc. So, yeah. So what type of issues does your organisation tackle? We tackle everything from education. Um, we have, see, what it is, I have a lot of solicitors, barristers who support the work that we do, some on a pro bono basis and some um, they can get legal aid and some are fee paying. So we, uh, we're able to cover the areas of children and families, crime, education, immigration, housing, and employment law. Um, and we also deal with mental health and well-being. So those are the areas that we tend to cover because what we found is that one led to the other. If a parent's working full-time but being called to go down to the school every single day, eventually he or she will lose their job. If they lose their job, eventually they'll more than likely lose their home social services will tend to get involved and you just see the knock-on effects of a teacher or teachers within a school constantly calling a parent and this could lead to a whole family structure and breakdown. I understand your organisation has won awards. What have they been for? Well, it's been a variety of things. We're actually up for the um, National Diversity Awards this year. We were um, finalists last year. We've run the National Association of Black Sun Preventary School Awards. We've won a TAR award, which was last year for being one of the leading organisations dealing with black children and community. Uh, there's so many, I can't even see them in my cabinet because they're just filled with awards from Ooh. all different organisations. Yeah, and they're there. <laughs> so it's, it's <laughs> nice to be acknowledged. You know, a lot of the time, even with the TAR, the TAR award, that was, I was at another event actually speaking. And then everyone started whispering and looking at me. And then these guys walked in with this huge award. It's absolutely massive. And uh, a certificate. So that was really nice. And like I said, it is nice to be recognized for the work you do. Because what I do does have a bit of a, th it's a bit of a thankless task. But I'm not doing it for the love or the likes. I'm doing it. I'm not doing it for the likes. I do it because I love what I do. And I like charity. I love challenging the system and winning. Well, it must be very satisfying and it must feel very satisfying as well to actually be acknowledged for the work that you do. Well, absolutely, definitely, because um, even despite all the calls, like I have a lot of parents who are desperate. They don't know where to go, what to do, where to turn to. And once you fix the issue, you don't hear from anyone again. And oh, I don't really expect to, you know, thanks very much. But um, sometimes it makes you question yourself. Are you doing okay? Are you doing the right thing? So on and such like. So then to actually be awarded and acknowledged and people have phoned me and said, oh, do you know what? I've seen your organisation. I've heard about what you do. And this is just to say thanks and continue the work. Those little things or those phone calls are really nice when you do get them. So Cheryl, what other plans do you have in terms of your future and the future of the organisation? Well, one of the ones we have is to go slightly more internationally. It's not necessarily going to be on the scope of the Black Child Agenda, but it will be dealing with us as a people on the continent of Africa um, and our young people. 
Um, as well as that, in the UK, we're going to be expanding across the UK, because even though I cover the UK from London to Leeds, Manchester, Birmingham, Bristol, Coventry, you name it, representing parents can get tiring when you're based in London and you've got to go to Birmingham for a hearing. So one of the key things that we're going to be doing is actually training up people in those areas and franchising out the black child agenda so that people can use the model, use the brands and the name that's already established and recognised and able to go into schools to support parents and young people and making sure that schools are following the laws that have been set up by central government. Because the reason why I do what I do is because that a lot of the laws that have been set out by central government are not being followed. And that's anywhere from disability discrimination to racial discrimination to unlawful exclusions, you know, SEMH and all of these things, they're not being followed by schools, particularly where the black student is concerned. And I don't just say this because of what I do. This is statistical and factual data and evidence that anyone can go and look up and you'll find that information out there. So we're going to be expanding even more. So once the school does hear that someone, a representative from the black child agenda unapologetically is coming, then we should not have to return to the same school twice to actually have to tell you what laws and rules you're supposed to be following and stop picking on black children, particularly our boys. Well, your work sounds very commendable. So, Cheryl, how can people contact you? Um, all the socials, just type in Google the Black Child Agenda. We're on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, when I'm not banned. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, they always ban me. I think I've been banned for most of this year on Facebook, but luckily I have a backup account. Um, they can just Google Cheryl Phoenix or they can just Google the Black Child Agenda and they'll find us on all the socials that are out there. Just Instagram, Facebook, you name it, we're on there. So, yeah, they can, we're not hard to find, which is interesting because parents tend to find us very easily. Or Actually, most of our, of our work is done via referrals. In fact, 99% of our work is via referrals from other people that have used our, our organisation and they refer other parents on to us. Okay, well, as I said, your work sounds very interesting and very worthwhile. So Cheryl Phoenix, thank you very much for your time. No props, thanks. Thank you for listening. Please join me for another In Conversations podcast very soon for more interesting and entertaining discussions. Stay safe.